Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins tonight. I know I've said a couple times, signature games, marquee games, going into Boston. That's why this one makes it yeah. at the top of top of my list this season. Yeah, not learning much about them against Columbus on a Tuesday in uh, January, but... You know, heading down the stretch, it's April, the end of this week, in Boston, a potential playoff opponent, pretty much got all hands on deck outside Muzzin and Campbell, so let her buck. All right, let's bring in Jamal Mayers, <laughs> NHL analyst with Sportsnet and a guy that uh, Justin Bourne's telling me is you're taking him under his, your wing, JB, right? <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, I just like to make JB squirm a little bit. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Where are you? What's going on? Oh, I'm in uh, sunny St. Louis. Just um, just finished. Um, we have a little radio show we do here, so I was just just on with Andy Strickland and Tim Peel, just uh, having some fun. Nice. Uh, we're shaping up for a, a pretty good one with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, the Boston Bruins. Uh, just want to get your overall thoughts in terms of where the Bruins are coming into this game and where the Leafs are. Yeah, pretty remarkable to run. The Bruins have really been pushing it lately, uh, obviously with Pasternak uh, leading the charge and and uh, the little rat as well. But it's, it's really <laughs> It's been really impressive the way this group has uh, has come together. It almost, uh, you know, I think maybe as a group, sometimes you galvanize uh, as a team when you look and you see and you say, you know what, are we, are we finding, do we only have a few more years left with, with Bergeron to make a push? And I think almost like you're seeing that from this group, in Boston where they, they kind of understand that the window's closing for them as a team and, and um, they're, they're on a heck of a run. So it'll be interesting. And, and with the Leafs, you know, I think that this is a team that's, um, geez, it's just so hard for them. They lose two in a row and they're the worst team in the world. And they went and they're playing the parade and, 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 you know, the good thing is that this young group, the core has, has been through a, a lot of this and have grown together. And my hope, because I'm a Toronto kid, is that they have enough scar tissue from years past to get past that first round to hopefully avoid, uh, you know, the Florida teams, as difficult as it may sound, to play Boston. It's almost like slaying the dragon might be a good thing for this Leafs team in the first round. Is that why you live in St. Louis and not in Toronto right now? <laughs> <laughs> No, cost of living, buddy. Cost of living. <laughs> Savvy. I imagine there's a bit of a range there. So how much is the mental side of of this relevant? Uh, I, you know, I look at this, and the, the Boston Bruins have the, such mystique uh, behind them here in Toronto, right? They're Bergeron. They're the black and gold. They're tough. You know, the, the Leafs have fallen short. But, like, on paper, these are two very equal teams. So how much does that mental perception play into it for players? Jeez. Uh, I don't think it does much. I think that uh, when it comes down to it, sometimes you're, you you believe a little bit too much of all the naysayers and you hear all the negative negativity out there. The reality is, is that the Leafs are a special team. And this is a team that, you know, is, is found a way to, to grow together um, 
found a way to have key parts of their lineup not even necessarily contributing, but they're still finding ways to get it done. And you don't have to look any further than, you know, Tavares and Nylander uh, having struggles and the, and they're still finding a way. So, um, you know, sometimes you do believe a little bit too much of what's out there as far as, you know, the, the myths and everything else, but this team will create their own legacy. And I think that all the history that's behind them of not having success, uh, I think everything's set up well for this team to, to know that, you know, hopefully they have enough scar tissue to, to take that next step. I want to go back to the, uh, the rat that you were alluding to and whether or not that gives the Boston Bruins a huge advantage that, that their rat is also maybe their, the best complete player on the ice tonight. I think he is. I think he's, uh, he's a guy who's, extremely extremely skilled um it's it's amazing to think to start his career i think i looked at the other day he played his first 24 games i I don't think he had a goal uh in his first year and then just has taken off since then um i think part of that is is drive i think that in the summer surrounding himself with people that are perfectionists and and McKinnon and Crosby and training with those people and being in that environment, I think is, is really helped shape who he is as a player. Um, he plays on the edge, obviously crosses the line at times, but I think that he's for the most part found a night, a good balance, even though he's been the most suspended. I think that if he takes that part of away from his game, he won't be as nearly as effective. And so uh, I think what you have to do is, is you got to, knock him in the mouth first and, and be hard on him and, and make him uncomfortable. And for the most part, he dictates the terms. Uh, I'd like to see someone dictate the terms on him that's, that plays as many minutes as him that can be hard on him as well. Jamal, how much do you think uh, it's important to be have a hockey team built like a typical hockey team is supposed to? And by that, I mean... Like the Leafs don't have a fourth line that you typically look at and go, that's a fourth line, right? They wanted, they got Spezza, Kerfoot's there sometimes, as Blackwell's on there. You know, it, can the Leafs win without having your prototypical dump it in, bang it up type of fourth line? Um, yeah, it's just a different way. What, what is your thinking on, on the way that they're built? Yeah, you know what? It's not the formula that's been working. Obviously, in years past, that were ten- tendency to be a copycat league. Obviously, a lot of the, the, the successful teams with Tampa, you know, with the template that they had, it's, it's guys that can certainly skate. What I do like about what they've done and with the addition of Blackwell is he brings a level of, of, uh, of speed to that bottom six or even the bottom, you know, fourth line that, that they didn't have before. So what they lack in that, I think he helped get to pucks. Uh, he'll help uh, – you know, create confrontation, get in on the forecheck. And then Spets is such a useful player. What's nice about having him on that fourth line is he's a power play expert. And so, you know, manning the half wall and being on that power play is going to be important. But you're right. I think there's there's no question about it. This team is not as well balanced as those other top five or six teams that you're thinking of. Um, it just puts a little bit more pressure on, on the other three lines. But it doesn't mean it's not a formula for having success and winning in the playoffs. 
How much pressure that you speak of is on a guy like Willie Nylander tonight to go into Boston and uh, maybe slay his own personal dragon? Yeah, and, and watching the games, uh, uh, you know, what I've, what I've seen from him is, you know, I don't think he's had the puck enough. And, you know, I know there's been some people out there saying maybe he should play center. I don't necessarily think that's the answer. I think that, you know, Patrick Kane has shown it. There's other wingers that have done it that demand the Panarin is another one that comes to mind. Even though they play the wing, you've got to demand the puck. So don't get stuck on the wall like you and I used to do uh, and just open up our blade and tip it in. You've got to come back as a skilled player and demand the puck and have the puck more through the neutral. I think that'll give him more confidence. And, you know, the skilled players, they like to have the puck. And right now he just doesn't have it enough. And so I think it's on him. It's on him to come back more, want the puck more, be around the puck. And if all those other things offensively will come naturally to him, but I think he has to demand the puck more by by using his speed and, and coming to the puck. Is, is that on Tavares as well lately? I mean, obviously you said it best. Go get the puck yourself. Yeah, I think that with, with JT, obviously there's a lot to be said about his uh, – Foot speed isn't there. I think it's a, a real uh, smart move to reward Mikheyev. Hopefully, if I didn't butcher his name, but he's a big, rangy guy who has tremendous speed. I think will help Tavares in that regard. Tavares is a guy, as you know, will create offense below the hash marks and, and along the walls and that front. Um, not necessarily as much off the rush anymore, but uh, you need that element of speed to retrieve those pucks uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, It'll surprise everyone, and, and he can get uh, Tavares going as well because you're going to need those two guys, especially with uh, you know the way the playoffs run. They should have a favorable matchup. You're going to need those guys going. Jamal, you played a long time in the NHL, 915 games. Um, how, I'm wondering about Mark Giordano at the end of his career, maybe not having the same pop or the same legs. What sort of workload can a guy like that handle at, at his age, given the pace of the game that, that's going to be expected over the next month and into playoffs? Yeah, and you know what? It, it's, it's really it's too much to expect him to play, you know, what, 25 minutes, what he did when he, when he won the, the Norris. Um, but I think that he's a guy who, who's such a great teammate and a good person. He'll relish whatever role he's put in. I think situationally you'll be able to put him with TJ Brody in certain situations in the game, whether that's penalty killing or preserving a lead or end of periods. Um, but he's, he's going to help mentor a young defenseman in Milgren. I think that you know him playing 16 to, to 18 minutes would be perfect and be the first pair on the, on the PK. I think thinking you owe him and have to put him on the power play, I don't think that's necessary. You know how sometimes coaches feel like, oh, it's Giordano, i got to get him on the power play? I think if you have a conversation with him, he'll be okay with it. I think he'll know that that's not his role on this team, and for them to win, he needs to X, Y, and Z. So I think he still has a lot to give. I think that he'll be a real nice calming influence as an older guy on the entire group. I also think he'll help keep guys accountable. And what I mean by that is, getting on the forwards vocally about getting back and backside pressure and being responsible both ways. And I think that you can't have enough of those older guys that have been there before that could keep those young guys in check that aren't necessarily doing the work necessary to win. One more for you. 
Peter Morazic, does his uh, start tonight dictate the conversation, the goaltending contra- uh, conversation we're going to have uh, in the next four weeks? Oh, yeah, it's just starting, and you love it. <laughs> <laughs> can he get the job done tonight and, uh, and the naysayers can calm down on uh, the one-two punch going into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was happy for him getting that win the, uh, the other day, and you could tell his teammates were, were as well. I think that uh, it, it's a stopgap, right? They, they're they're going to need Campbell to come back and be healthy and, and be who he was at the beginning of the season, but uh, you have to feel good for a guy like Mrazek who's been around a long time and lost his way and has regained it. And, um, you know, hopefully the team uh, can – solidify their position and, and continue to win and, and build toward uh, a long playoff run. Joel, who do you think on the sort of bottom six of the Leafs has potential to, to give more? You know, I'm just asking because Mikheyev has been very good. He's, he's scored a bit. Um, Kasha, when he's in, can do some. Engvall, like I'm looking for guys who could play on the second line because Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander just hasn't worked. Someone at some point is going to have to take more minutes. Who do you like that the Leafs could give more to? Well, I'd like to give Nylander one more try with JT and, and yep. put Mikheyev out there. Uh, I like Kerfoot, but he plays a simpler game, right? So he's going to want to chip it in and go get it. Well, Tavares can't go get it, first of all. Right. If he chips it in, Nylander doesn't want to go get it. So if he chips it in, he's got to go get it. So, <laughs> you know, at least if you have Mikheyev, he, he can make a play. He wants the puck. He'll hold on to it. He can play the, the half-ball game as well. And he can play off the rush. He can hold on to it. He's a big body, and, and they can come to him and get that puck. So I feel like it's a natural fit, and it might be asking a little bit too much of Kerfoot. In his, uh, you know, he's a good player, but I don't see him as a creator who thinks the game uh, the same lateral way, like uh, horizontally using the width of the ice. I, I just don't think he plays that way. I think he's a straight-line guy. Um, that's why I don't think that's a good fit. Hey, Jamal, enjoy the game tonight. We really appreciate you stopping by on our show. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Jamal Maris. Thanks, Jamal. You know, I... Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, By the way, Sammy says sounds like he's calling from a haunted house. Live from Screamers in Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, like, at one point during our, our run of this show, I don't know, how many shows have we done 121. Now? 121. Yeah. Damn. At any point out of the 121, have you once said, okay, where are you? And, uh, you know, is it quiet? Can you talk to us? <laughs> well, how many times Everybody does that happen? to be going what are you to ta- the- <laughs> No, what are you talking about? Every, every guest we get has gone to the Elliot Friedman <laughs> Podcast School where they're, hey, do the podcast, but also enjoy every aspect of your life at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a Chuck E. Cheese. Eat, <laughs> drink, shovel. Go visit a haunted house. <laughs> I, I, back I like in, that it's on Sammy now. Back in my early producing years, I had a show with a guy named Jeff Samet, and we were, I was producing for him, and I had a guy on whose name was Gare Joyce, and he used to do some stuff for sports. And I actually, again. Yeah, so yeah. I booked him, and he came on a show, and I was t- talking about an article he wrote, and he was everything was going along great, and then as he was talking a crowd <laughs> erupted. Like, it was the loudest thing ever. And then all you hear is the goal horn, and the goal scored by number 35. So he was literally in the middle of the crowd doing a radio. 
<laughs> Just taking in an afternoon matinee, huh? Uh, oh, it's amazing. A, a new silencer, eh? For crowd noise. Yeah. It'd be a nice filter. Uh, oh, man. All right. What do we have on news and notes? The uh, general so manager much. meetings uh, are going down uh, once again uh, at Boca. And might I just add, uh, I've covered these many, many years. And this continues to be the biggest vacation scam such a hustle going although should we maybe stop talking about it and try to get there next year <laughs> live <laughs> show. From, not from the haunted house live from oh, boca oh my god hey listen we could do a show from the fourth tee if these guys can, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know i don't know if they're that dumb <laughs> to send us <laughs> i would love to sponsor by little buddha but i i can remember you know being down there and going, oh my God, how how can I make um, justify my presence? assistant coaches now being allowed i iPads on the bench? <laughs> Super exciting yeah. to sound like. Well, I'm glad we were down here. We needed to get this information. Every, uh, everything's about just making it sound as earth shattering as as you can. Yeah, you, you gotta so give the media keep sending credit. You down there. You, you, the trade deadline wasn't a thing. We made it a thing. Mm. The GM's meetings have become a thing. Mm. The it trick is. is to to create events that yes. are in warm places. 100%. Next so year we're going to stuff. Has anything come out? I think they they were were they dumping on the officials a little bit, the media oh, were they dumping Cuz like I crazy. I know a part of hockey ops is a presentation on where they are and some of the rule changes, how they working, how they, and you hear some examples, like I said, earth shattering stuff. Yeah. But it was interesting to hear Kyle Dubas come out of the uh, GM meetings yesterday. Yeah. They're not allowed to talk about officiating, right? Gary's going to find him. Isn't that the thing? Yeah. There was a big story about how it was a hot button issue at the, Alan Walsh, who I was trying to get on today, was tweet, tweeting about how they haven't, they've been told not to weigh in on the officiating because obviously it's been a hot button issue this year. And I guess our boy Kyle Dubis was was asked about that. If we if we want we got, to hear the clip, we got a kipper clipper. Of oh that. yeah, we do. Let's go to it. <laughs> officiating. Um, <laughs> uh, everything's great with the officiating. Okay. <laughs> okay. Derek, I, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was the clip. I think we need the the start of that as a drop. Just <laughs> officiating. <laughs> Can you hear that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> officiating. <laughs> 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 Every time there's a, bad, a missed call, we can play Kyle going. Huh. It was it's almost as if, like, like Kyle's reacting like someone asked him if he's going to the grade seven dance with Susie. <laughs> Officiating. Uh, <laughs> oh, Susie. He went kind of beat red a little bit. He did. Well, uh, to me, he's like, he's trying, he's trying to bury Gary with those comments. Not Gary directly, but. He's saying, you know, we can't talk about this. He like, would have been better off to say straight face, it stinks. Yeah. Then laugh like that. Oh, I loved it. I would have preferred no comment. You, you guys Hard no comment. enjoy that, I thought. No, I just don't think that's effective. I prefer, if you're really looking to make news, you don't go like it, that. You, it say, kinda, you say no comment. It kind of gives yeah. every fan on social media a green light to keep hammering them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And listen, I don't think the officiating's been very good in a lot of these games in the past. I, you know, I thought it was bad at the start. It kind of came around a little bit. This happens every year with officiating. I feel like it's in waves. This is an annual dump down there on the officials every year. Yeah. And nothing really changes. 
they have their good stretches. They have their bad stretches like anybody else. They're so human I'm beings. So I'm you people, you guys. What do you people want I'm, from the refs? I'm watching the Raptors and Celtics last night. Oh, boy. And I think it was our, our good buddy Jack Armstrong. And it got to the point where he he couldn't even speak he was so of mad. the official. He was so mad. Yeah. And it's like... All right, Jack, it's it's your job. <laughs> you're, the, you're the word doer. He was so do upset the words <laughs> at the officials. So it's it's around everywhere. It is, and that's why I say, like, what what do people want? I feel like the only person who looks at the NHL officiating and goes, pretty hard job. I don't think they do a worse job now than they did three years ago than they did ten years ago. I don't know. Like, I, they get some calls right, they get the, some wrong. I think the number one complaint that a lot of fans have, and I will put myself in this boat, is the way that it's called in terms of time of game, importance of game. Yes, it is called differently in different moments in games. For example, for a perfect example, oh, I don't know, Saturday night when Austin Matthews is carrying the puck out towards the blue line, Paul Byron skates through his stick, skate takes him down. This is the part where you just need to be a producer only. I'm just (laughs) saying. Uh, everything's great with the officiating. That was a good non-call. Well, that's where I... Incidental contact. But incidental contact is... We do not agree. 85% of trips where it's incidental contact. No, not 85. But it's also... You need to go back to back. But I just think that there's the inconsistency, not just with officiating... But with suspensions and with everything in terms of the way the game's officiated and looked upon is the number one complaint amongst fans. And, you know, I guess some media, unlike you guys who think they're perfect out there, them and <laughs> you and Tim, you and Tim Peel perfect. love the, everything the refs no. do. But I just, I do think that there's an inconsistency factor in the way the rule book changes in the playoffs. Like it has forever. And I don't even mind that that much. It's that's what pisses fans off. Outside of hiring robots... They're humans. It it's impossible. It is. And you know what live they tell Kipper fans say, we just want transparency. Just come out and tell us why you made this call or why. You don't want that. That's just another excuse. No. That you want another reason to rip on them, the, to say, to, to, to argue with their logic. The dream scenario for fans is what, you know, the, 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 the ref press conference where they have to come out and answer, what did you see on this? What did you see on that? And that's just never, ever in a million years going to happen. It's never happened in any sport ever. Has a ref ever come and done a press conference in any sport in the history and of sports? Would it made anyone happy if they gave a reason? That would be a disaster. The oh ref goes out God. and goes, yeah, that's, that's what, what I saw. saw. I didn't think it was a penalty. And then people go, well, we did. Well, transparently, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so any further questions? Now for sure we're following him into the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. What's the, so is hockey the hardest of the four majors to officiate? Yes, and it's not close. Not even close. Every other sport is start-stop. Football, okay, everyone's set. We're in our position. Start-stop. Baseball, start-stop. I mean, basketball. Basketball's the other hard one. Well, it's hard. It is hard, for sure. Touch but there's still defined possessions, how, how offense, officials? defense. Three. Three. Three officials in the NBA. One uh, one on the court and two on the sides. No, the I, I, actually, it's a good question. I watch basketball every night. I don't really know how it works. I just know that they blow their whistles a lot. I think there's one guy under the basket, one guy on the sidelines, one guy on the other end. I, I actually have no idea. We should call Will Lou. I have no idea. I can't how imagine how many times, and we went, to, even going to the uh, two referee mm-hmm. over the years, it was always one Thank and God two linesmen. How many times they are blocked out? Yeah, These guys that's why are you need big to. guys. 
The game's moving so quickly. A split second where you're blocked out. You don't see a battle. You don't see a quick yeah. spear, a trip, a high stick. Would you hear the idea of an aerial ref because of that? Something, someone above, you know, like as go stand at ice level and watch a hockey game and see through the huge fast bodies and try to make calls. We're no. watching on TV. No, mm, that's a good question. I think in many ways there is uh, like an, a an tennis aerial. umpire. They, 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 there's so umpire. many now times that you can go into video review mm-hmm. and then you have your headsets on. You're talking to uh, a room in Toronto. Like you do have a lot of opportunities now to get a bird's eye view of, of, of something that you're looking at. I, I want- just, where does it stop? I wonder though, Kipper, if we would get better officiating if you had two tennis judges on tall chairs on each side of the rink rather than the guys in the mix. I think you'd see the game better. This is my new platform. Wow. Yeah. Like a lifeguard. <laughs> yes, lifeguards. <laughs> Just show up with, like, your Speedo and a towel. <laughs> Full red Baywatch yeah, No horse play. No horse play. Get out of by the pool. Get out of the, get, go, out of the offensive zone. Oh. That's where we're. That's my theory. Can we just say that it, it under the current rules and regulations it's fine it's fine it's fine you yes just move on let's okay. just be pissed off at them and then yes. move on and they mess up and we'll be mad when they mess yes. up and then we'll move on again great because uh, the players are perfect the players are flawless and the coaching's the worst flawless as well everything's everything's flawless except the refs that's why okay. the Leafs Anything lose every else night interesting out of these gm yep. meetings what the cap goes up a million yeah oh wow a million dollars this is just how dubis envisioned it when he gave marner all that money yeah. and matthews all that money and jt all that money how, okay I, I don't think we've ever actually had this conversation on the show but the flat cap pandemic thing how much like that was a huge factor in what has happened to this Toronto Maple Leafs roster, and how much of that do you believe, and how much of that do you buy into? Because oh, I, a oh lot. absolutely, yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, I, I think the if if how long ago was it was Kyle Dubas's uh, famous words of uh, we can and we, we will we can and we will right before Matthews got signed. I don't know somewhere around so there. So he's in. He's got three more years. No, two more years yeah. after this. So I would believe that they thought they thought that uh, okay. at two, uh, 2018, Almost they envisioned a 2022 ago. cap of close to $100 million. Yeah, they did. That was the thing, right? It was going to be 90, 95. Things were trending very positively for the salary cap, and now it's like, you know, you're scraping the bottom of a barrel. You're like, I don't know, is Michael Bunting a guy? Anyone like Michael Bunting? He did pan out, obviously, but they're they're digging people up and trying to see what they can do for cheap because this is not the plan. I'm not sure if it was uh, Bunkus this morning. They were talking a little bit about uh, even taking a run at signing uh, Mark Giordano next year. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. thing. I mean, I wonder what he would be willing to play for. Wow. No question. You go to him and say, um, meet your new agent, Jason Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we want the league minimum. Yeah, Giordano's way too good for league minimum. Would he play for $4 million? You, you can't, you can't no. pay him $4 million bucks. I, I don't think you can pay him $4 million bucks. Yeah, give him the Wayne Simmons deal. Two years, nine fifty k per year. Okay. No, no, no. You, <laughs> no problem. You're going to play 21 minutes for now. you in the playoffs. You want to play for the Leafs? You want to end your career with the Leafs? Uh, 
You know, you've been around a long time. You made a lot of money. You're going on the Jason Spezza program. Hey, he's Mark Giordano. He's playing 20 minutes a night. He can say, yeah, well, it's not worth it. I, I want to play for the Leafs, and I'll play for a million less than I'll play somewhere else. I'm not playing for but, three million less but per we year. Just, we just got knocked out in the first round. I need that money to sign other players. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to Seattle and lose. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Sammy? I really hope you're right, Kipper, about him getting asked for that and agreeing to do it, and I am more so on Borny's side saying no chance in hell he does. Two years, 3.5 per season. Too that, high. Am I overpaying him? Two Too times high. three? Okay, he's played two games this season. <laughs> Let's just see how this thing pans out. You hear Sheldon Keefe, he said, uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that our two lowest scoring chance event games have been with Mark Giordano on the team. He already, last minute, protecting the lead last game against the Panthers, it's Riley and Gio on the ice. You know, like, I, I think they really are going to lean on oh, this guy. I, I agree with you 100%. In fact, I don't even know who you'd put on the ice sometimes on Muzzin's back. You know, you're looking at a defensive forward, defensive defenseman. I mean, Muzzin and Gio are kind of the same guy. Brody's steady back there. Another left shot. Labushkin, Riley. I mean, boy, they're, they got guys, 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 uh, guys, guys. Uh, Mark Giordano has made, uh, according to Cap Friendly, an estimated 60 50? million. 60. 60 million estimated. Yeah. No, it is. What does someone who made sixty million have in their bank account? Like, do That's they have thirty? Yeah, no. Twenty? No, Ten? I don't. I don't. No, thirty goes to fe- uh, federal tax. Thirty? Yeah. So okay, then you got thirty. Yeah, and, and then you got you cost invest, of living. Presumably, you invested in something you're getting five percent on. Uh, knock off on average in the last what 10, 15 years, eight, ten percent escrow that you never got back. Right. Yeah, and you're at cost of living. I mean, you're living a good yeah. lifestyle. and I don't know. He's got to find a way to get by on $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might play for seven fifty. He's got I'm 25 serious. Yeah. It's like that's... No, I, that's we're, how you we're, win a cup today. We're you screwed. Have a couple of sal- guys. Look at our salary cap. We're screwed. Yeah. You want to finish your career in Toronto? I, I think it's a terrible thing to do. Glad there's no salary cap in radio, you know? Kipper. <laughs> who knows they can pay us whatever they want we talk, and they do should we talk about mckinnon uh yes mckinnon hurt his hand mm. fighting punching matt dumba maybe to Ma- the maybe aid. that's how it happened yeah, I don't and know what else. What did, what well, did, what did you like, see? That he I slammed, he slammed at the door on the way out. Bednar's quote was, uh, it could have happened during the fight, or like maybe that's when it happened. I don't think they want to admit that that's when it happened because they yeah. love that he stood up and punched Dumba's face. Dumba Very took hard. a run at who? Rantanen? Yeah. McKinnon, such a. I mean, he didn't Dumba's even waste tough as hell. Any time. No. And. He, Really, it just, Strong. just punched him right into the facial uh, region. He, he's out of like while. my least favorite place to get punched. He's gonna be out a while. How long are we thinking, Kim? Uh maybe till the end of the regular season. Really? Well, back for playoffs. Though, right? Yeah, I think they feel sa- comfortable about him coming close to there. I, I said something to Sam before the show that scares me because I love that. I love seeing a guy who's your leader stand up for a great player, but. This sort of thing is why it's it, it, fighting is dying. You can't have Nathan McKinnon break his hand on a guy's I, face. Yeah, it's one of those where you're right. And but, like, you love it. You love it, but you don't want to lose him. Right. 
not great. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, that's uh, interesting to see how that plays out for the Avalanche. But you love it. <laughs> but, but also, oh, I did love it. And he's, I mean, he's slashing refs this year. He's going after guys. He's cross checking guys. I thought, I thought Jamal brought up a, an interesting point when we were talking about uh, Marchand and how you you gotta you gotta push him. Right. Some guys you don't want to wake up, but. Is he not one of those guys? I don't know. I I thought Jamal making made a real strong point where it's like, why not push this guy? Why not? Uh, he's got a short fuse, and we saw most recently with his uh, last suspension, this guy can get frustrated. He can make some poor decisions out there. He can, but he's also so good when he's engaged. I mean, he's almost always engaged. That that's a tough one, you know. Whether you circle him as someone to really rile up, or you want to keep him. And, and McKinnon's not much different than Marchand in terms of a short fuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's getting shorter. I feel a real desperation from this Avalanche team to win now. You know, the contracts are going to bury them. This salary cap might hurt them as much as the Leafs, as much as anyone. Moving forward. Moving forward, like well, they kind of got to win a cup now. Everybody, uh, everyone's got to win a cup. But now. they've been focused on. McKinnon's number on his next deal. Now is he I know UFA that. not this upcoming season? They've got a chance to sign him in the off season uh, before his final year. Okay, and then it's the following year. Right. Next year is his last year. Yes. Next year is his last year. Six point three million dollars. Yes. He's going to uh, want twelve point six, which is whatever. Uh, I heard thirteen. Did <laughs> you? I was yeah. just joking. Yeah. But remember when he said. Oh, I'll take less. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take less to keep well, this team together. Now you know like what happens is someone like an agent up. gets a hand a hold of you and goes, uh, you're going to bury everyone in the PA, me, your family. Don't be an idiot. You need to take what you're worth, I assume. I'll take less. I want to keep this team together. And then you get some scrub who's playing for $4 million and doesn't try, and you're furious. Yeah. Not even eating your chickpea pasta. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing out of the GM meetings that the uh, World Cup of Hockey 2024, you guys yes. see this? Thank you for bringing that up. What's that? Uh, won't have Team North America youngsters or won't have a Team Europe. The event will go back to a traditional field. Countries only, fellas. What so, a concept. So it looks like Germany might get an invite this time. Well, that 2016 was about promoting their NHL stars, which totally killed the world cup vibe well and i think they heard it wasn't just you and me and it was everyone saying what are, what are we doing here this isn't the world cup it's not that take... we weren't entertained no but you took the best players off teams you took the best player on canada and put them on a different team how how are we competing to see whose countries are the best if we don't get our best players that's when i watched roman yossi really close yeah and uh, he was team europe i think yeah but holy moly was he you yeah. could see you could see then what he's doing now. Right. There's um there's a goal team team Europe or team North America tweeted today because I, I apparently followed them and followed them in 2016. It said, uh, the here's the last goal we'll, we'll ever score, and it's Nathan McKinnon in OT, in OT dangling Lundqvist. Lundqvist goes for a poke check and he does the pull toe to drag. Yeah. Watch that one a million times. Nasty. That actually great decision you, to poke too. Just he pulled if, it away. If you go to go on YouTube, they had the full overtime. Like I think it's the, mayhem. 
unbelievable breakaways both ways. The Sedins yeah. had a two on zero at one point. Like it's just wild. JB, you got any best bets for us tonight? Uh, you yes. told us to go Arizona, and uh, um, got don't crushed. bring it up when I get crushed. them wrong. What about Buffalo? Bring, help your boy, Buffalo. You nailed. <laughs> never <laughs> you in doubt. Buffalo. Never in doubt. Yeah, I don't know. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you did yesterday. Yeah. You never in doubt. They All were right. down four zip one six five. What do you got for <laughs> us? Before we go back to Sammy's uh, relationship issues with Ali, yeah, yeah. give us some best bets. Thirteen years still. If you, you, you she has a ring though now, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. she does. Uh, you know, I understand the McKinnon's out tonight, and this is why you're getting a favorable number, but you get a plus number betting the Avalanche to win a hockey game tonight. Plus 113 in Calgary. They beat Calgary last time they played. Uh, you know what I've done there is I've actually taken the o- tease the over with it. Um, plus five and a half with an Avalanche win plays. Plus 210 was my bet of the night. It's like in the Avs tonight. There's actually, you can get a lot of good teams tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes are plus 122 at Tampa. The Carol, Leafs. That's, that's surprising a little bit, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. And Leafs are plus 118. There's considerable underdogs in Boston tonight. Sammy, we talked about that yesterday. They are pretty decent underdogs. So some good teams you can get some plus money on tonight. Okay, Sammy, give me a vibe tonight. Vibe check. Excited. Like Nervous. That. Interested. <laughs> those are my three those are my three emotions Leafs win what do you think is this you calling it or asking I don't know yeah me calling you are yeah you, you, yeah you, you, I just think that everything to gain nothing to lose here they, they can play up to opponents as much as they can play and down they I'll go with Peter Morazic because I've said it from the get-go when he's on he's on and we know when he's off he absolutely stinks yeah just pick a night to be on. I bet you Bill gets one tonight. Oh, Bill Nye. Here's all the heat from Sheldon Keefe. I think he plays a good game. I I like them putting up a good fight tonight, too. I am excited to see, uh, you know, how yeah. they stack up against the Bruins. Now everybody listening going, okay, they're going to lose tonight bad. because yeah. It's going to overtime. I don't know who's going to win. It's just the opposite with me. <laughs> How's that sound? Mush them a little bit. Going to, over, going to OT, don't know who's going to win. Matthews will be involved. No, that's a bold prediction by me. I, I'm, I'm interested to see the fourth line. Colin Blackwell playing center is interesting to me. Seeing him go 200 feet with his speed, I like that quite a bit. You know, Clifford, give him another crack at it. Spez on the wing I like because he skates a little less. We know he can do the offensive things. At least that's a line we're seeing something new. Looking forward to tonight's matchup, and we're going to be back here tomorrow uh, to recap it all for you. Our thanks to Andrew Raycroft, Wayne Scanlon, on the Ottawa situation and Jamal Mares out of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And apparently a, a haunted house. <laughs> it was scary, but good interview anyway. Been a lot of fun. Sammy, thanks for joining us today, pal. Good luck with your relationship. <laughs> Derek and Jennifer, always a pleasure. JB, enjoy your night. You're yes. on tonight. Watch us on the television. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.